Welcome everyone. This is another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash and I am joined by Jimin. Hi guys. And Nat. Hello. Today we've got an assortment of news stories to talk about, so let's get started. Uh, I have a news story that is not quite um, anchored in K-pop, but uh, it should be very relevant to those of you that follow um, any Asian musical artist and it is about Rina Sawayama. She's a British Japanese artist um, and she started trending in articles because of the fact that she is unable to enter the British awards um, because of a nationality clause that stops musicians from entering the race. And she has ties to Japan and she has ties to Britain, but she's unable to be able to qualify for the British awards and the Mercury prize awards even though she's lived in Britain since she was a toddler. And according to the terms and conditions for the Mercury Prize, solo artists must have British or Irish nationality to enter the competition. Part of the entry process involves sending official documentation of your citizenship, like a passport scan to the organizers. So it seems like she's been kind of gated, you know, gated out of being able to apply to these award shows because of her so-called complicated history, which isn't really that complicated, but she's not a white person with a very, you know, simple history that dates back hundreds of years and back into Britain and Ireland and England and whatnot. So, you know, now we have issues about like who is uh, eligible to be in these type of, uh, you know, to be nominated for these type of awards. And I have to say that I mean, I've been personally been listening to Rina Sawayama's music and I think, you know, she should be nominated for some of these awards. I mean, it's her music. I'm the type of person that really likes throwback pop. So I really enjoyed it. And I think it was really inspired and she should get recognition for that. Um, regardless of where she's from. So it's really, I mean, it just kind of highlights a lot of the problems there inherent in in the immigration systems uh, of so many countries right now. And, you know, it's, it's just very difficult to witness that there are these issues inherent in this system. So, 
Did I have any other opinions, any reactions for this? Like, it's very strange. I mean, like, I kind of get it in one way because I thought she had, like, dual citizenship. But she is kind of what we call over here, like, a landed immigrant um, somebody who has like a visa, but is not an, a full citizen. So there's limitations for what they can do. And I mean, I can understand that a little bit more, um, but I can also understand from like, and when I say a little bit more, I mean on the side of like the Brits and things like that. But I also understand on her perspective because, you know, she said her whole family is in Japan. Regardless of the fact that she lives in the state, in sorry, in the UK where she's lived for 25 years, you know, her only like her tie to Japan is the fact that she still has her citizenship there because that's where she was born. And so and because Japan doesn't allow dual citizenship, like in order for her to get her British citizenship and like continue and do, I guess, the final step in that regard, she would have to give up her Japanese citizenship and her passport. Um, and I think it kind of puts her in a, in a really tough situation. And where she has to sort of decide on like, you know, her roots and like where she, you know, her family's from and where she's from. Um, and then like the life that she's made for herself in England, you know? And I think what I really don't like about that rule is that if you have a band, only 30% of the band actually has to have like nationality uh, or a citizenship in uh, Britain or Ireland. Like, so you could not you don't even have to live there if you're in a band (laughs) and like some of the members live there and like are actual citizens you could just have like a whole random bunch of people who can win the mercury prize or win a brit you know Mm -hmm. um and so i i think a country like england which prides itself on um you know being this huge empire that colonized you know everywhere the sun touched or some shit like that i feel like Mm -hmm. they really need to fix their stuff also because i read somewhere that she actually was able to start making music through grants that she got from the organizations that actually organized also the mercury prizes and also the brits so she's Mm -hmm. already benefited from the system that is now trying to keep her out it's very inconsistent and i think that is the major problem here it's inconsistent from a British standpoint and from a historical British standpoint. And then it's also inconsistent in terms of like the organization, like how do you give her a grant to start music, making music in England as, you know, somebody who's who's not born there, but raised there and then be like, Oh, but you can't win any prizes. (laughs) Like what? Mm. Um, So uh, honestly, I hope that they fix it. I hope that they um, take things like that into consideration because England has, these have so many immigrants who live there. And not all of them are have their British citizenship. I know, like before, when England was connected to the EU, a lot of people were there, living there, working there on like these EU um, passports. So they really have to um, make changes or make make things more transparent and clear and consistent. If 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 this is the route they're going to take, they need to be consistent. And I don't see any consistency. So I I think that they should let her. Um, to give her some nominations and not just for a best international pop act, you know, give her some actual nominations. But yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, very good. Any other thoughts on that? Okay, let's move on to Jesse, who released the uh, teaser for her upcoming music video, Nunu Nana. Um, 
I'm just going to say that all I saw there was a very try-hard version of a Korean woman who was kind of playing cards and was trying to make herself look like kind of a badass. And it kind of ended there. Like, like I, I'm aware of all the things Jessie has done in the past year to make herself more ethnic, I guess. And she obviously is very um, likes being appealing in more of the um, her um, standard of beauty is obviously uh, more along the Western lines of beauty. And she's tried to kind of match up to that. And I mean, on one hand, I, there's a part of me that wants to root for Jessie because she bucks the trend of so many Korean women and tries to be a lot of what they aren't. And you think, okay, that's a good thing because she goes against what is, you know, considered normal and, um, you know, what the mainstream says she should be. But at the same time, it's like she's not really coming up with a original or a personal vision for herself. It's just like she's just taking from Western music videos or Western stereotypes to kind of present this persona that she thinks is the best for her music. Any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I do agree. Like at first I did kind of like Jessie because, you know, she was kind of real in a way that a lot of people aren't like she was upfront about, you know, her breast augmentation and, you know, she doesn't really kind of like try like when she's in interviews and like um and the things that I'd seen before she was kind of just like yeah this is me you know like I mm-hmm. I pay my I pay for my own stuff and I just you know make my music and I kind of just go home um mm-hmm. that was when she was in that group though um and she was still a bit more mainstream I feel um within the group it's only recently like she got her I know she got her ass recently um and like when she did that down song that really really bad song called down um, the one that was kind of like um, she was trying to be Rihanna for a bit. Um, and we, we did watch it and we were just like, this is so bad. Um, <laughs> uh, but I feel like it was really around that time frame where it was just like she decided that she was going to be. And I don't really want to say it's like a Western thing. I think like she like she just takes, you know, black figures and and black looks and black lips and like all this stuff and she just wants to embody it and I don't know if it's because she's a rapper and like you know I mean let's keep it buck a lot of female black rappers you know they also do that stuff to their bodies and to their faces um because that's sort of like I guess the hip-hop look or that's the only way they feel that they could get you know recognition uh so I mean, I can see maybe that's kind of where she's coming from with it, but 
it just looks really bad. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. She has a market though. She has people who are very much interested in what she's doing for whatever reason. And um, they still like, she still gets her, her advertisements and her sponsors and whatnot. So, oh, and when I say sponsors, I don't mean the, the Gina or the GNA sponsors. I mean like Nike, I think Nike or Puma or something like that. She was, she was sponsoring or she was a, a brand ambassador for. Uh, so, I mean, clearly she has a market and clearly there's a lot of people eating it up. I mean, I'm not the one, but there are definitely people who, you know, defend Jesse like, they're getting paid to do it. And if that's what you like, that's what you like. I, I just feel like, you know, we then do get to come on here and be like, girl, you look silly. Like her skin looks painful. Um, the body just keeps changing and getting more and more ridiculous. Like she's an anime character and not like a pure, like (laughs) it's clearly not, a realistic body type <laughs> uh, like outside of the very few who actually do have like you know that body type of um, it's it's just not it's not it's not realistic and it looks silly I don't know I just don't really like it and um I I just wish she would stop <laughs> like if you do hip-hop you don't need to have the braids you don't need to have the dark skin and you know your ass and your titties out. You don't need to do all of this stuff. Just stop doing it, please. That's all I have to say. Jimin? <laughs> you know I have no comment on Jesse, so Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Well, before we get any further, um, Jesse is just one of a long list of comebacks that are scheduled for uh, the end of this month and the beginning of next month, or just in general, let's just say July and September and um august uh we have jesse of course april blackpink is coming back bts 80s so you g friend uh kimbo is that how you say it oh right kimbo uh yeah i think it's like kimbo or kim yeah i think it's kimbo maybe okay the last name they both right so i think that's that's I thought like we listened to something by them a while ago. We did. That's a group, right? Yeah, it's it's former speaker members who now are like a duo and just oh, like, right. oh okay. yeah, we like that song. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um Wanas, Irene and Sogi, Taman, uh S Sack three. That's that group with Lee Fury and Rain and um Jay. Is it Jay? Oh yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't recognize yeah. it seeing it spelled out like that. Yeah. Okay. Like because we know Nat has no concept of the English language. So <laughs> and so me. Um, so who, who is that? perch for so me like I, I, I mean I saw her trending for a while and she's gotten a lot of views on her music video and also like on her live performances on the music shows like people are like checking for that basic action song like I don't get it I don't 
I never actually thought there was anything star worthy about Somi, but you know, people are, are there for it. So I think it's residual interest from Produce 101. I mean, she has her fans from that time. So she's always going to have that kind of base that's there for her. Yeah, and I, I feel like she just needs to take advantage of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, while she's young, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like, um, you know, out of all these comebacks, I know that I know for a fact which one is absolutely going to deliver, and I don't even have to. I don't even have to elaborate because I'm sure that everybody else knows as well. Um, <laughs> but I am actually a little bit interested in the '80s comeback because previously I have not had success with enjoying their music. So I've heard so much about ATs. It actually already came resources. out. I think the I think the song dropped today, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I already watched the music oh, video. If that's the case, you know what? Why didn't we put uh Wavy? Wavy's comeback. Uh we don't need to talk about Wavy's comeback. <laughs> or the English version or the English version of it. We don't that leaves me very little hope. But honestly, okay, look, one us actually has proven themselves in the past so i'm interested in looking at that it was good it also dropped Um, oh okay yeah so it came out um i think either today or a couple days ago it's actually from their song that they did on the road to kingdom final um called come back home it's very i like it. it it sounds like my songs the songs that i really like from them which were twilight and valkyrie um, so like the instrumental is very like similar. It's a very um, dramatic music video. Like there's a lot of drama going on, like a, a battle, and like the choreography is insane. And I, I liked it. I actually really did enjoy it. I'll tell you, wait, let me, because actually like most of the stuff on this like from the comeback list has already dropped. So like Jesse's hasn't dropped yet. April's dropped. Blackpink is gonna drop in October. The quote unquote I mean, it's alleged at this point um, but they do have a single coming out with a mystery artist in August and people are saying it's Wait, Selena Gomez I thought we, we, we already revealed that that artist is Selena Gomez they haven't confirmed it like YG hasn't confirmed it yet so it was only like the Daily Mail or something like that that said it was Selena Gomez nobody mm. actually, like, actually has um, confirmed it so we have their second pre-release single coming in August with a mystery artist uh, a tease dropped so you dropped with gotta go. G friend dropped with Apple. Kimo. I mean, that is the most shady person. <laughs> 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 right, going. Kimbo is going to drop. From the trailer, their song sounds really like funky. So I I I'm kind of interested to see it. When us dropped, Irene and Sogi dropped, they dropped Monster late. And then they dropped <laughs> like two months ago. Am I tripping or we, is that like a really late comeback? Like, is that a comeback that happened a while ago that we're just not talking about? No, it, it actually, so uh, Monster dropped three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they dropped Naughty, like, um, or they've, they've been um, promoting Naughty anyways recently. So those are like the two symbol, singles from them. You need them to spice up the K-pop industry. <sighs> Who knows? Who knows at this point? Um, Taemin obviously is going to drop... Um, Taman adjacent Super M is allegedly filming something as well. And mm-hmm. I, I just want to laugh at the fact that the name of uh, the 
comeback concept. I don't know if it's the actual because like the I'm kind of confused with the way the album is supposed to be set up because there's like an epilogue and this and then the prologue and all these things. And I'm like, is it like a book album? Um, <laughs> and like he, I don't know if there's a song called Two Kids or if the album's called Two. I don't know, but that he it's kind of a genius marketing strategy. All yeah. he had to do. SM had to spend no money on actual marketing. They just told him to post some pictures uh, of suspicious children on him. <laughs> the themselves are not- so funny because everybody, everybody on the TL that night, I think it was like Saturday night or something, were like theorizing what it could be. What does this mean? And I was just like, listen, Tamin probably had like a uh, like googled two words those are the first pictures that came up and he put it up he he spent like all of two seconds on this like guys yes. we need to calm down <laughs> did not put that much thought into anything no no so I, I yeah i'm interested to see what it comes into but it's it's exciting and then yeah super m was allegedly filming something for in august or for august and uh highly alleged at this point but honestly is it is it really alleged when everything that leaks about sm gets confirmed like two weeks later yeah i mean i just go with alleged just in case because you never know no egg on your face exactly exactly and then Mm -hmm. kai has been confirmed to have a solo coming out uh you can tell us that kai is gonna have a solo for like the last 10 minutes i can't interrupt you i'm sorry it's okay (laughs) um so that's gonna happen and then sack three also came out and they swept the music charts it's really interesting though because because what i've seen from um netizens is like people are either pissed that they use you know the power of their fandoms to sweep the charts with this like jokey kind of like release because it's not like they need the money then any of these people need them, don't need this money right um and and they could just like retire on their their earnings and live out the rest of their days but they're still doing it and then i've seen like half of the other netizens were like thank god everything is trot right now because apparently trot is really popular again like these reality trot shows are really really popular in in, in um, Korea right now. So all the shows, all the the networks are airing these trot things, and I've seen so many netizens complain about it. Like everything is freaking trot. I need something new now. So it's it's interesting to sort of see like the dichotomy of like the or these contradictory like opinions on Sack Three. I mean, I like it. I think it's all in fun. I think music should be fun, right? And so I love it. And then so me drops uh what you waiting for i think from the black label um at least teddy did do something different not visually visually he copied the gashina video um and some other like noir i think he like meshed like visually a whole bunch of sunny music videos for the somi one uh, but the sound is at least a difference it's not great in my opinion but it's different it's not like Blackpink doing BDB times, you know, and then Kill This Love and then How You Like That, which is just the same song three times. <laughs> so that is... Uh, I really hate the facts in that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you really think about it, like it's kind of genius, the production for Blackpink. They've managed to convince people they have uh, a wide variety of, of music but it's just it's literally the same song over and over again it's like an ex- it's like each song you know it's kind of clever because like each song is like a new portion yeah of the song and it's like you get to explore a deeper texture 
of the same song. So very interesting. Yeah, um, we'll see how this this is whole album goes. I guess. <laughs> you know what? This is really funny. I did see a lot of like blinks go like they were really like not here for how you like that like because they're like damn it sounds the same but i'm gonna support it anyways and like that was kind of like that's how how stan life is like (laughs) come on now you think a gordon ramsay stan is gonna tell him his sea bass is nasty no (laughs) come on now i have i have gone hard for songs that i know were not good because my faves yeah, I, I have been on the receiving end of the going hard. So. <laughs> but anyways, yes, those are like the comebacks. Uh, have you guys listened to this? I feel like I've listened to almost everything that's come back on this list. I have not. So, well, hmm, let's see. So April <laughs> came out with like a summer track, but it's kind of like generic summer, you know, like something with like a tropical beat, but like the song never goes anywhere. Mm. it's really disappointing because yeah they yeah but it's really disappointing because they dropped like one of the greatest k-pop songs um oh my mistake and like to see that they've gone back you know (laughs) no but they like if that song is one of the honestly it is one of the i'm listening to you (laughs) you're watching wavy talk about uh shimmy shimmy coco (laughs) bar No, I feel like I feel like in terms of the how I no, I haven't listened to any of these comebacks, but some of them, the ones that I'm most interested in either haven't happened yet or they've already happened. I didn't know that they happened. So uh, yeah. Okay. Well, oh, you know who else came back? Chunga came back. I d- did not like that song. But wow. uh, <laughs> nobody heard about it. That's right. <laughs> I, the song, yeah, it kind of came and went, to be honest. Um, in terms of G-Friend, G-Friend did try like a bit more of an adult sort of concept. Maybe, I don't know if it's the big hit money, but they did definitely upgrade in terms of visually on the, the music video. So it's it does look really good. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's an okay song. I mean, it's not my favorite from, from G-Friend, but it's not a bad song. And Is it as good as Fingertip? No. Nothing's. I, they don't have many songs that are as good as fingertips. So <laughs> that's that. And that the funny thing is that song was like considered like a, a not considered like a full flop, but it kind of did flop with a lot of their fans in Korea. They didn't like the fact that they had gone a different route with their music, right? So, um, but I, I mean, it looks good, and I think that I like that they're trying new things. Uh, who else? So you, so so you from. Sister dropped like this very sexy, um, similar to like a sister con- like concept as a solo song. The only thing is that she doesn't have the vocals to sort of carry it like Hyolin would, you know. Um, it's not a good song, but um, she nearly needs to stop. Like her body is a hundred, actually like one thousand. She looks good, but she needs to stop. Um, personally playing around with her face. I don't know what it was, but it just, something was off. I didn't like it. Um, You're about to get us booted off the air. I love, no, I love So You, and I love her face. I really do. But like, fill, I think it was fillers or something, like lip fillers or something like that, but I just didn't like it. And it's very mm-hmm. obvious because all the comments I saw were like, she looks different. And if that's what you, like the only thing that you can think of to say about a song, 
or like a new music video, like that's a problem. I think personally, I don't know. I mean, I like the song. It's a grower for sure, but it's definitely um, a grower. <laughs> it's it looks nice though. It's a very pretty video. Um, but yeah, I think those were it. Oh no, Secrets Song Jian did drop a song. I think she's mm-hmm. like uh, indies artist now. I don't know. So I follow her on Instagram, and I thought she had given up being an idol to like because she found Jesus or something like that because she was just posting uh-huh. a whole bunch of stuff at Bible camps and like with like preachers and shit and I was like um so do I need to unfollow now is this like are you not an idol anymore but she dropped a new song it's cute I mean it's nice okay we'll see I, I always really I've always been a really really huge fan of her voice I, I love her tone She's not like a super powerful singer, but I do love her tone um, in Secret and like in her solo stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, Secret is low key unsung. Like they had a couple of hits that were decently received, but I feel like like in general, like they kind of get lost in the mix. Yes. I'm about to cut y'all off real quick because y'all forgot the main comeback, which is JYP's comeback. Mm, no, we didn't. We just but yeah, um, you know, if JYP wants to like hey he's the asian soul let him you know do all the uh soul music that he wants from his heart i mean that regardless of what you can say about that man he loves music he loves creating it he loves um listening to it he loves he loves being surrounded by music well i think the thing that i really love about love and that i find really beautiful about love is i feel like love has this ability to where when you love something it doesn't necessarily always translate into an ability, right? But that love is still there, that passion. I so, knew you were going to get shady. I knew it, and I was just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm talking about what I love about love. Okay. Um, well, I have to say that I, I did like the JYP whisper in his, his old, like, for his older groups. Because I knew that the song would be interesting at the very least. And he did produce like a like and write a lot of really good tracks for like Miss A and the Wonder Girls um, and Sunday. Uh-huh. I, I I let me just just give me one one quick second. Um, D O O D definition to be desired or approved of having the qualities required for a particular role. Okay, well, okay. None of these describe JYP's music. <laughs> I knew it. I was waiting for it, but I knew it was coming. <laughs> the good, the good Webster's is. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. You know, leave the man alone. He's uh, unless, okay, he really okay, is, okay, unless he really okay. is in the cults, and he's he's using his 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 um agency to like recruit. Cause I feel like that's really the only like. Oh wait, yeah. no, no. There was that I, gift. I think it says something that the group that he's been the most hands off with twice, twice has so been successful? the most successful. <laughs> like 
in all areas, like music and promotion. I mean, like it, like I think the only thing that really had his hands touching on it was Signal. I, you and know, everyone can tell. I was just about to say that the only song he wrote for them was Signal, and people don't like that song. I love that song, but <laughs> a lot of people don't like that song. Um, but he also wrote Very, Very for IOI, and that was like their biggest hit, right? It was so, like their only hit. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, I totally get it. And remember, too, there was that video um, of him doing the Af- when he was dancing with the Afro and people were in blackface behind him. Bro, so you know what? You can continue. You can continue. I really, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get in here. Like, <laughs> he went all out. I mean, <laughs> that was some, what's that dude? That's, what's that YouTuber boy's name? No, that's a man. He grown. Shane? Shane Dawson? Yes, that guy. Uh, yeah, he has some blackface that could rival Shane Dawson's blackface. I mean, it was disturbing Yay. to watch the video. Um, I, you know, at the same time though, I when I say I say all of these things, you know, I, I'm not. I never once, just to let you guys know, um, to all the listeners, I never once said JYP doesn't have good music. I feel like that was all Nat's doing. Um, I never once said that none of you know none of the success can be attributed to jyp i just said that if you look in the dictionary some of those words don't really add up to the way we're describing so um i will take full responsibility jyp stands don't don't at me (laughs) they they can join the king daniel stands I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> Actually, my name this episode is Kong Daniel Stan. Um, okay, so. here's here's another funny thing. I actually put on Twitter like, "What do you guys want us to talk about?" Oh my first- god, I mentioned that to you earlier. That was so funny. I was gonna reply just like LMAO. That was so funny. Yes. So we didn't like, get the a request. This and this is that's such an insider thing to know. <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, Song Jian from Secret. And yes, Secret is a very underrated, unsung group. I don't think that they were like, I don't think that they really left any footprints in, you know, like the history of K-pop. But they were a good group and they had some solid music. Like, um, I know Madonna was like a huge song. I personally really like Poison. Shy um, Boy. Shy Boy. And um, was it called Moonlight or Midnight or something like that? That was like a cute song. They, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Because they were like inconsistent. Like they they did sexy concepts and then they did really girly, soft concepts. And everybody was just like, you know, pick one. Pick, pick, pick like a side, please. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, um, she's... Starlight Moonlight, that's what the song's called. Um, and oh, I like talk that too. But yeah, so she's she dropped something recently that's cute. And yeah, there's a lot of like I think that with you know things sort of moving towards everything sort of being reopened again, whether there are precautions because your government actually cares about you, or there are no precautions because your government wants to make money and doesn't care who dies. Um, we're going to have like a lot more comebacks, I think, in the later half of the year. And people are going to maybe like try to tentatively do some touring or like some fan meetings and things. Um, like maybe just like restricted, more people outside than inside kind of thing. 
Um, but I kind of see that as um, maybe the next step as a lot of these companies try to recoup. And a lot of these companies that we're going to debut groups, they need to make money. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like they need, they do need that, that fan me and the, the sort of concert money and things like that. So I think we're going to see a lot more comebacks coming up in the second half of the year. Um, <laughs> we're going to see a lot of stuff, I feel. But yeah, um, do you guys have any other like comebacks or anything like that that you guys are interested in? As long I mean, as uh, okay. has a banger, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really, that's all we need. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> Selena Gomez is rumored to be on Blackpink's new album. Congratulations! To My, I'm like, I'm not sure who to congratulate in this situation. Well, I'm not sure. I feel like that. That this is perfect, though. Like, like for them. But like, like who I is feel it? like who 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 is this like? benefiting more do you feel well i uh, feel like yg feels like it benefits them because it's a well-known western artist that is being highlighted on one of their tracks i mean i don't know if that's going to lead to more song downloads or streaming or whatever but i feel like this is actually a a collaboration it kind of makes sense for them um so who sings in this uh, in this scenario no idea I just feel like, <laughs> both um, i guess you know honestly maybe it does make sense because they all are like vocally around the same level so we'll see that's what i'm saying like it's it's a it's a situation where they have the same kind of like general skills in singing and rapping or whatever and they do similar type of songs in a sense like it makes to me i'm like if they could get anybody like selena gomez makes sense to me yeah i mean (laughs) it is what it is at this point i mean just (laughs) drop the album that's all we need just drop the album so we can see if it's good because at this point they have two minis one was fire, one was garbage. So I mean, there's a, <laughs> this, this can this album could go anyway. It could go anyway at this point. And then on top of that, like they still say that they're dropping solos for Rose, Lisa. And yeah, I was under the impression that this was that that was going to happen after this album, but I don't know. But I thought this album was going to drop in like August or September. I didn't know that they were going to do another pre-release and then the album wouldn't drop to like October, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but apparently Treasure is being is going to debut soon, like next week or something like that. So oh, wow. And it's like the first group that J, that uh, YGE has debuted in like four or five years, which is, I guess, however old either Blackpink or Winner. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so um we'll see how they um continue along i guess um but yeah i guess next topic <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh well on a more somber note uh rest in peace to haruba mira i'm sorry if i'm not saying it correctly uh, it's a Japanese actor that played Aaron in an Attack on Titan live action series. 
um, apparently he passed away and, um, yeah, just, uh, I hope that his family and, and friends are able to mourn him properly. And yeah, I, I don't know if Jimin, you or Nat have anything to say since you were kind of the preeminent Attack on Titan fans here. Um, I, well, I definitely want to say rest in peace. Um, I personally never watched the full, I know there's like multiple live actions. I never watched any of them in full, but I have watched clips of some. Um, I think, you know, anytime there's a situation where someone passes too soon, I know, um, it's always a somber occasion. So, um, just rest in peace. And I feel that, uh, it's really, I know that for the Attack on Titan fandom, it's probably, um, for those who definitely seen the live action films, it probably hits a little different. Um, but just overall, I think, you know, hopefully his family um, and friends and, and people that he knew and was close with, hopefully uh, they are at peace. Um, and it's just a really sad occasion. So, Nat, do you have anything to say? I don't know if you've seen the live action films. Um, or- I have. I have. Uh, so it's like a film split into like two parts. So like Attack on Titan and then like Attack on Titan um, End of the World. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he did a good job. Like I may have some criticism of the actual script, but I think that he did a really good job and he was memorable as Aaron. And I mean, we love Aaron, obviously. So it was really sad to hear about his passing and um, just seeing like people around the world mourning, you know, for this this actor who had only who was really big in Asia and Japan, but not like I don't I don't really know how well known he was in like the West. But the fact that like still everybody around the world was mourning it because and like it wasn't just the fact that they're mourning it was people who had pictures of him, like pictures with him. Sorry. And like. You know, he was all it seemed like he was never too big to stop and take a picture with a fan and like to smile and talk to them and things like that. So it is really sad to see that somebody who, by all accounts, was like such a really good soul, you know, was so troubled and and things. But um, yeah, I mean, I would say if you like Attack on Titan, give the movie a chance. And uh, R.I.P. Coming up on the next topic, we have um, K-pop stocks for the top three or the big three uh, companies are basically on the rebound. Courtesy of K-pop Herald, we have news that K-pop stocks are rapidly bouncing back from pandemic lows as investors are increasingly buying the stocks on the rosy outlook for further expansion of K-pop fandoms and new business models. Uh, The nation's top three labels, SM Entertainment, YG Entertainment, and JYP Entertainment, are leading the upbeat mood while excitement is also building up from our big hit entertainment's planned stock debut possibly later this year. Uh, also, further note is uh, a comment that K-pop's growing popularity overseas 
especially in North America and Europe, is driving up the overall sales as well as bulk buying among organized fandoms. So even though the pandemic is making things tough for people in all areas of the music industry, fans are still buying things, they're still staying loyal to their brand brands and still making the type of purchases that they need in order to be to kind of be successful in the market so for example they said uh bts the biggest boy band in history according to this article maybe making up much of the profits but the label has acquired several smaller labels in recent years including Plytus entertainment and source music is a part of efforts to diversify profit sources as well as planning to debut new groups uh, except for the repercussions from the pandemic Everything else has been going well and even better than before in the K-pop industry, uh, says a um, individual that is currently involved in the music industry. And then he went on to say, when Big Hit goes public at a reasonable price, it won't take away all the pieces of the pie, as some might fear, but rather expand the pie's size. So uh, at this point, uh, K-pop seems to not really be suffering from the pandemic. Um, people are still streaming music, purchasing, purchasing music, and they're looking at Big Hit kind of making their big debut onto the scene as a uh, tradable company and they're looking at that as being expanding the market as opposed to shrinking it where they're basically looking at this as making it more making k-pop as a whole more marketable um, and increasing opportunities for the other big three companies I don't know if that is what is going to happen, but at the moment, judging by, you know, what we I've seen on social media, yeah, the pandemic hasn't really slowed down fans of these groups and they have been buying and supporting in solidarity and having the regular access to these groups that they normally would have seems to just be they're still staying loyal to them despite you know the changes that have occurred due to the pandemic so i i mean i i don't really have any <laughs> any uh extensive insight into this but I, I guess I kind of agree with it in that 
I'm not surprised that the market is is successful at this point. I mean, that they aren't having any problems. I mean, a lot of their fans are people from other countries, and so they are used to kind of streaming and getting songs secondhand and not getting, you know, they're, they're used to not getting things uh, live or in person. So it makes sense that, you know, as far as the um, Western audience, I guess that they're targeting now that they would be kind of on point as they normally are. Uh, is there any other thoughts about this or insight into what is happening with K-pop companies or groups? I, um, I love that YG stock like bounce back and sh- and have like a has a hit a 52 week high solely on how you like that like <laughs> blackpink has resurrected yge from the dead they're the only thing they've got going at the moment i mean it's they have funny. to yeah and also too i thought it was really interesting where um one of the person in this article um said that basically like they're selling too album sales are seriously selling a bit too much this year said lee kikun and um an analyst at hannah financial investments and securities um citing record sales of k-pop albums this year um and i mean they mentioned that it is driving it's basically k-pop's growing popularity popularity overseas especially in north america and europe is driving up the overall sales as well as bulk buying among organized fandoms um, because apparently like, the top 10 album sales alone exceeded 10 million copies, including 5 million sellers. And that's BTS, 17, Baekhyun, NCT, 127, and Is One. So it's like all of this like waste, <laughs> capitalistic mm-hmm. waste. It's so, which is so unnecessary. Like when you think about it, like why do you need 10 copies of the same album? I mean, I feel like this is something we've been talking about from the first time, from the first episode to like now, like, why these are artificial numbers because Wait, you are we, just, we just know 10 copies of the same episode you're right just, yes, just the same episode like every <laughs> drop it seven days a week the same episode <laughs> <laughs> you know what that kind of vaguely reminds me of a couple of years ago all of a sudden a bunch of celebrities on twitter tweeted this same like exercise video from youtube it was like a workout video from the 80s and uh, nobody can figure out why. <laughs> that's the, I that's don't know. Weird. That's really weird. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just really interesting that you have somebody who like studies this and has degrees and things. It's just like um, album sales are a bit crazy and it don't make no sense unless you figure in that it's just fandoms buying things to make their artists look more um, popular and sell more records than they... Honestly, that's why I don't put any stock into like anything ever if it doesn't have to do with like coronavirus or like verifiable facts that i can see with my own two eyes um i or at least logic and reason out 
I don't really put any stock into it. It's kind of like how Forbes tried to tell us that Kylie Jenner was a billionaire. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's Do funny, the same people, the same people who had something to say about that, when you bring up bulk buying, are seriously quiet. So, um, but that's like its own subject, you know. Um, but yeah, this this whole article was very interesting. And it also mentions that, um, sorry, let me pull up this article again. Um, Naver is reportedly seeking to acquire an estimated 100 billion won of SM shares, which is okay, very, very yeah. When I heard about that, so honestly, we should do a whole conspiracy episode. Naver <laughs> investing in SM is very, very interesting. It could, it could really have a lot of effects on SM's image going forward, like all of their artists. Naver is... For, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, which I'm pretty sure all of our listeners probably do know, but if you don't know, Naver is kind of like a South Korean Google. It's yes. the sort of hub of, uh, it's a search engine, but also it's like kind of a hub of all, all news, a lot of news. I mean, it just, um, it, it's kind of like a hybrid between early Yahoo and like Google. Um, so... I feel like, you know, when you go and search an article on Naver, anything can pop up. But like now that they're investing in SM, they would probably also be invested in maintaining the image of the artist that they're invested in. So I, it could create a situation where there's a conflict of interest. Um, and that could be very interesting going forward. If like, let's say you search something on Naver about an SM artist that's potentially scandalous. And all of a sudden, all the results are blocked. But then you go and search it on another search engine and they're not blocked. Yeah. No, absolutely. It really facilitate um, lots of hiding scandals. Not saying that it will. And I'm not, not saying there are a lot of scandals. I'm just really interested in see how this develops. If you guys have conspiracies about this, write them. Right now, I'm all about conspiracies that don't. If, as long as it's not like anti-vax. Or like COVID nineteen, or like the Earth being flat, or anything like that. I'm interested in seeing conspiracies that might have actual legs. Yeah, absolutely, and that's actually something I never thought about. But that's very good. Um, like I was thinking about like Navar and their power, obviously, and then sort of combining that with SME. I mean, but the whole idea of you know something more. Um, more powerful, I think, more organized than just fans trying to bury a topic, you know? Uh, right. It's, it's kind of like organized, not playing like, dispatch, right? Exactly. Well, it's, and I think it aligns with the trend of like the news not reporting things or reporting things that, you know, people in power really just want you to report. So, right. um, yeah, so it is really very interesting. Um, but yeah, um, we'll see how that continues. I definitely should have bought some stock when everything was down <laughs> in March. But I think I'm going to check out Big Hit Stock when it hits the market. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> You're going to buy some Big Hit mm. Stock. I would buy some Big Hit Stock. Uh, I'm, I'm big gonna see. And then sell it. I would say sell it by summer 2021. Uh, is someone going to the army then? Yeah. <laughs> Most okay. likely. I don't see how they could possibly keep, keep them out of the army any longer um than that but yeah yeah i i probably will buy well you know what now that i think about it they do have 17 now so yes eh, i mean you could possibly keep it for the long term but um yeah i don't know i was honestly i'd be more interested is, is neighbor and a public 
a public company? Mm, I would assume that they are. I'd buy some stock in Naver. That seems like a more That's solid true. investment because you're not only just putting your all of your money into a comp a music label that can that basically only got rich by coincidence. You're putting your money into like a tried and true proven company that's been around for many, many years that has a lot their hands in a lot of uh, baskets, so to speak. Yeah, no, absolutely. Or even just in SME, right? Um, yeah, even SME yeah. just as a company has its hand in um, many baskets. It has an act. Doesn't it have an acting division or did it? It does. It tons of subsidiaries. That's the thing, right? Like they've literally just acquired things that still kind of operate on its own, but people don't really talk about. <laughs> I mean, people have left the company, so I don't know yeah. like how many people are left in the acting department as of right now. Mm-mm, okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure they have other areas within just SM Entertainment as a whole um, that, I mean, even, even if they don't, like, I, I guess they also have enough diversity in their artists to where i mean they could pop they could stay afloat i could see that realistically happening in um a time like you know let's say all of the artists enlist i mean look at exo like half of exo is enlisted and i mean sm is not starving right now you know bacon had a million seller album <laughs> and so did nct 127 on to the next story Alexander Lee, formerly of UKIS, talked about his experience in the entertainment industry uh, in a new interview. And he, he kind of talked about being a foreign idol and how he was almost deported for working illegally in Korea and some other uh, interesting tidbits. Um, I'm trying to figure out. Um, he did the interview with Jake E. Out. I believe that's the name of the guy that has the YouTube channel. And um, But he did say that he wants to give young idols and trainees support and he wants to help them out given his experience in the industry. So it's kind of just it's kind of interesting seeing somebody that uh was kind of done dirty by the by their company in a sense. Um but you know still maintains optimism about helping other people that are interested in still being in idol groups so you know they're not completely soured on the whole idea and you know like i'll always say like i've met very few k-pop groups in my time but i did meet yukis and i will say that they had that makeup caked on like you you are not seeing their real true faces. <laughs> like I met them when they were going up to their hotel room and were being followed by girls that were trying to also follow them up to their hotel room. And 
it was kind of a surreal experience, but I always felt that you kiss was a bit like we talked about unsung, like K-pop stars. Like if there was an unsung, like an actual unsung, like a television show for K-pop idols, like I feel like you kiss would be on it because they, they do have had, they have had some success, but at the same time, I feel like, they aren't really given their due for like the music that they have put out. So, so I can't like list or, Oh wait, no, I do know you can song stop girl. Right. Um, is it stop girl or shop girl or something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not somebody who's very like knowledgeable <laughs> about you kids. I just thought the interview was really interesting. Uh, when he was talking about being a foreigner and like being one of the first, cause you kiss debuted before uh, 2 p.m. did with Nick Hyun. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he, like the way he, he mentioned that he was the first once. I didn't actually look it up to see, to confirm if that was correct. But it seems like, because I, I can't think of any foreigner, foreign like idol who debuted before that. So I feel like he is the first. And he talks mm-hmm. about the struggle about like being there and like not understanding them and not being able to, um, explain himself when he's really frustrated because he like he was like he was he struggled a lot with the dancing because he was casted in a gym he wasn't like an a uh, trainee or anything like that and everybody else there either was a trainee or they were into martial arts or something like that so they were familiar with routine and things like that and he was not so mm-hmm. he struggled a lot and he was just like how he would like cry a lot in like the bathroom and stuff like that and how he um you know, like the managers and stuff like that would always get upset with him and he couldn't explain why. And it was like a really frustrating situation. And like the story about him and I think he said Eli as well, too, were like they were actually performing at like some some like uh, government events about immigration and like two of the members they they were working on like illegal visas at the time (laughs) (laughs) almost got deported and he's like how um his ceo his manager and stuff like that were in communication with like jyp um uh jype about nikon and making sure they all had like figuring out the e6 visa that they would need to be foreign idols uh, so it was actually like a really interesting story um, that he was telling about his experience in the K-pop industry. And um, I mean, even till now, like Soren just came out last year, I think, with information that she got paid less than her fellow members because she was a foreign idol. Mm-hmm. So it's not like something it's not like there hasn't continued to be problems and issues. And like with, with Alexander, he was he's his mom is Korean. I think his dad is like um, European and Chinese or something like that. And he was like born in Hong Kong, but raised in Macau. So, I mean, he is like half Korean. He just didn't speak the language and he wasn't, you know, a full 100%, you know, Korean person. So that's why he was considered right. foreign. Um, but it was like really uh, like, I like seeing, you know, former idols give their experience with the industry. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like we always have this like really, you know, whitewashed, way of seeing it and it's always you know different for different people obviously and i mean i don't really need it to be like dark and depressing and everything like that i'm sure there were good moments and he yeah no but there is a realistic aspect of Of you know 
having and being a part of that industry and of course, of course. And that's why I like, I did like the interview and I thought it was interesting, even though I really didn't know who this guy was that much. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, for people, you know, you have a lot of instances now where you have people like JYP coming forward and saying, yeah, we're, we're um, recruiting people from outside of Korea and we're recruiting international people to work for us. And it's like, you know, what is, you know, I, I think people aren't really stopping and thinking, you know, if I were to get this position, what would that really entail? Yeah. You know, um, as a person that is not Korean and is just learning the language and, is getting by as a non-Korean. Like, it, I, I think that, you know, like you said, that that is a useful um, point of reference for people that are, you know, wanting to be a part of the industry specifically. Utah has been under fire for the last week or so because he revealed that he has gotten close with a YouTuber that happens to be anti-Korean. This person is apparently controversial for having, mis for one thing, having misogynistic content, which includes clickbait um, that involves Jonghyun and Sully and has especially contained offensive content that could be deemed offensive to Koreans due to anti-Korean sentiments and views that could be considered by Japanese uh, nationalist. Um, the broadcast that he had has been deleted after some backlash, but some receipts on it and the YouTuber can be found on Panchoa. And on Panchoa, they basically kind of exposed him as being a YouTuber called Re... Uh, well, this is what Yuda allegedly said. <laughs> uh, Yuda allegedly said, These days, I'm also really close to... I'm not sure if you know of him. He's a YouTuber called Rikyun. I've been really close with him lately. I met him yesterday, too. And this Rikyun has uh, posted a number of things that could be deemed as offensive. A lot of it is various kind of sexual um, uh, things that you know, he could comments that he made. Um, uh, 
vulgar comments. Uh, but he also has said things that, you know, were just kind of offensive as far as being, you know, a part of Korean society and posting things related to the Korean government. Um, he said the economy that President Park Geun-hae saved uh, was ruined by Moon Jae-in. And then, you know, like I said, more things that were just kind of like trolling on social media. So there's a lot of arguments and things going on with people that, you know, they were following Yuda or were fans of Yuda uh, and finding out that he follows this guy that has kind of controversial opinions of the government and has said controversial things. Um, and a person that, you know, is more so than that has been shown to be a uh, pro-Japanese, like, nationalist, uh, someone that would not, I guess, would not be a part of, like, the Korean side of things, uh, as far as history is concerned. And there's a lot of argument about that as far as, you know, him being an idol. Should he, you know, stick with his fans on this? Or should he, you know, he's Japanese. So, I mean, should he just be honest and stick with, you know, his consensus on these type of historical um occurrences uh what do you guys think about this as far as yuda and the things that he kind of revealed online uh with these people that he follows with these things that he has revealed that he believes uh what is what are your thoughts on this I thought that Utah, oh, I thought that Utah was like done, to be honest. Uh, but it looks like he's already like kind of blown over. Mm-hmm. Um, this person, um, who Recon, who people are not sure if they're Japanese, Korean, or like mixed with both of those, and like I guess just um, prefers the Japanese side. I don't know. People said that he, he apparently he removed the videos and. Um, so like things kind of have blown over very quickly and Utah's already um you know planning to be on a show at tail so it looks like people were mad for a short period of time and now they're kind of over it which is kind of crazy because like tiffany had like the rising like the old japanese flag up once that one time and she like got blacklisted pretty much in korea um overnight you know and the fact that this happened and with somebody who, you know, is not just like xenophobic and, you know, has these really crazy pro-Japanese nationalistic views, but is also misogynistic, you know, on top of it. Well, it, I wonder if that speaks to something different as well, like not just 
the fact that Rikun is a man. Yes. Saying these things. Yep. Um, also that, you know, there is maybe the, the culture is a little different um, mm-hmm. from, I don't know how long ago the Tiffany thing was, but I just feel that there have been, I feel like when I talk to a lot of friends from South Korea, there seems to be almost some people, I think the younger people um, kind of romanticize Japan in a way that I don't think older Korean people do as much. Um, And I don't want to say that they, uh, all Koreans or most Koreans even, um, have just completely just, you know, brushed under the rug, anything, any pro-Japanese rhetoric and, you know, anything like that. I just think that there tends sometimes seems to be a more um, sympathetic approach to sort of pro-Japanese, anti-Korean sentiment, which sounds really strange to say. Uh, but there does seem to be a more sympathetic approach than maybe there was in the past. And I'm not exactly sure why. I don't know if it's, you know, the Japanese soft power. I don't know really why that is. It's just something that I've personally noticed. And I'm not saying it's with everyone. I'm just saying that um, in my limited experience, seeing some different um, reactions and responses to um, sort of pro-Japanese rhetoric. Um, and I don't want to say anti-Korean rhetoric. I don't because I don't think most Koreans or even some Koreans feel uh, happy to hear anti-Korean rhetoric. I just feel that there's been like a shift in the response to it. It's as if the response is uh, less harsh than what it used to be, I guess is kind of what, what I'm getting at. Of course, like I said, most of that probably has to do with the fact that there's two men. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I just think that that's interesting. I think it I mean, also might be too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. No, yeah. I just want to say quickly that I think it also might be distance. Like the farther mm-hmm. you are away from something yeah. generational, the less the impact is felt in a lot of ways like look at everybody in the 90s and like you know racism is over we are all equal and it's like yeah the civil rights movement was like you know 30 40 years ago but you know the world is different now look at 2020 the world is not different the world is the same you know so it's it's i think it's a generational thing like the farther you away the less directly affected you are by that situation Mm -hmm. The, the more you're able to sort of disconnect yourself and start to question it too. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if people are like, oh, maybe it never really happened. And it's just like, uh, no, comfort woman was a thing. Oh, like, <laughs> well, I mean, you got, you got Kanye out here talking about Harriet Tubman was a CIA agent before the CIA was a thing. So, I mean, definitely you still got these people, <laughs> some people who kind of take it very far, you know? So, and on a, on a more micro level, you got people saying stuff like, you know, even though they've been vaccinated, saying that they think vaccine vaccines are horrible. Well, it's easy to say that from the perspective of a person who is immune to all of those. You know what I mean? It's just like the perspective of somebody who it doesn't affect as strongly. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I was just kind of agreeing with that because 
I feel like a lot of the the response to the different um, like the different responses to the different companies and what is coming out of them, uh, you know, the them just kind of going on with business as usual. Uh, it's just kind of, you know, it's business. It is business as usual. Like they're just kind of like, okay, well, we've got this K-pop thing and we're, we're, you know, we're continuing to try and, you know, expose it to as many people as possible. And we're just kind of, kind of going to ignore any problematic aspects of it and just kind of go on like nothing bad is happening or nothing problematic is happening. Um, and I just feel like that is kind of the underlying like thing that's going on right now. If that makes sense. Yeah, no. I feel like uh, I don't know where this is located, but I feel like that's a, probably a really nice segue into like the Hwasa thing because these are just <laughs> two like crazy situations <laughs> that have like had no reaction or no um, sort of um, like nothing has come from it, right? Like they kind of happened and then they were brushed under the rug and it's like business as usual, you know? Okay. Yeah. Well, let's uh, kind of segue into Hwasa. Um, as you said, Hwasa being Hwasa. She recently appeared on an episode of NBC's Home Alone Girls Secret Party. And she participated in a live broadcast on the show's official YouTube channel. In the broadcast, Hwasa appeared wearing an outfit that looked similar to a, I hope I'm saying this right, booba, which is a traditional Nigerian blouse. The outfit raised concerns among international viewers who worried that she was showing a lack of cultural awareness by presenting the country's traditional outfit in a comedic light. On July 25th, producers from the show responded to viewer concerns through a statement posted as a comment under the YouTube video in question. As far as the statement is concerned, they said that they had no intention of comically presenting a traditional outfit from a particular country. They said that we realize that some of you have falsely identified Hwasa's outfit as a reflection of a traditional Nigerian outfit. Furthermore, due to the comedic nature of our show, some of you have shown concerns suggesting a comical reflection of traditional outfits and the possibility of it leading to racism. However, we want to assure you that we had no intention of relating her outfit to one from a specific culture. We hope that this provides an explanation for your concerns. Thank you for all of your love and support for our program. And that was what was released by the show Home Alone. And terms of Fwasa's outfit. 
we had a bit of a discussion about this before the show started, but I feel like Hwasa is one of those people that feels very adjacent to Black culture and has probably been uh, been cheered on by people in Korean culture as far as her, you know, her feelings on that. I feel like she's been aided in that kind of assumption and feeling that she's like, oh, I'm dark, you know, for a Korean person and I have some rhythm and I can talk in AAVE. So it's okay, you know, if I come their clothing as a costume sort of thing. Um, I feel like it's been encouraged. And it's kind of a thing. I mean, you see that in so many K-pop groups where the darker members or the members that are even like a slightly bit darker or like... It's like they're black. I mean, they're like, okay, you're going to be the rapper. You're going to be the one that wears dreads or you're going to be the one that's sexy. Uh, you know, it's a very, it's, it's a very common thing with K-pop groups and, you know, it's, it's there. I, I don't know however else to explain it. Um, does anyone else want to give their opinions on that? So, yeah, I mean, I straight up think that Hwasa thinks she's black. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, my, that's my opinion on it. Um, I, you know, she has the quote unquote sass down, um, you know, the mannerisms. It all kind of feels like she's, you know, Maybe she thinks she has like a sash of fears or something like that whenever she goes on stage. I don't know. But she does sort of come across like she thinks that she might be black or she gets a pass because she's dark skinned. And, you know, a lot of that is like a tan. It's not even like. Like in the makeup she wears, you know, um, I mean, she is like slightly darker, like or I guess darker than, you know, what K-pop idols tend to be. Um, but. I definitely think that she bronzes as well too. She's definitely got the uh, Ariana Grande, you know, makeup palette mm -hmm. that she uses. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think that that is clearly like a traditional like African pattern. Like there's no way that they could convince me that, that is a traditional Korean pattern because it's not like it just, it's not. <laughs> so I'm not even African and I know that. Okay. Also like, I have seen a lot of dramas and um, I've been to saunas in Korea and I've never seen, you know, this, you know, elegant or whatever um, outfit that she had on, you know, in, in that episode. So um, I just don't buy it. And it's like, I hate, I hate when people do something that they know is wrong and then they say, well, I'm sorry that you, you know, we're mistaken, or I'm sorry that you were offended. Like, no, you know, if you're going to issue something, you know, that has any sort of apology in it, just apologize. <laughs> you know, like, that's all you had to do. It's not like, it's so hard to believe that 
Hwasa would do something like this because, you know, she is very well known for, you know, doing for this type of behavior, you know? So it's, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things, as I said, that also kind of just like got brushed under the rug. Like people talked about it for a very short period of time and then it just didn't happen. And so I was just like, okay, um, I guess we're just not talking about this anymore. And, you know, because it's just so widespread and it's not like surprising anymore to people. So they just are, are past it. Like there's no reason to sort of harp on it anymore. And I get that. So, you know, but I, I just keep piling things, you know, up about Hwasa that just, (laughs) that just makes me like, want to just change the topic whenever I see her on Twitter or like I hear her name or whatever I just don't want to hear about Hasa anymore I feel yeah maybe she should go on like like she should be a blacklisted I should probably just do that honestly at this point I just don't like she gives me nothing she gave me twit I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest she gave me twit <laughs> that was it <laughs> That was it. I, and it's not worth it for her to be like out here singing the N word and using black emojis and like, you know, it's not really worth it for all that. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's it for me. Jimin. I am here for the Hossa band. And that's all I have to say. I just, I, I don't have any more words for Hossa. I don't really, I'm not too comfortable with talking about the situation uh, and uh, kind of everything that happened. I feel like you discuss, you covered different areas of it. I'm, I honestly am not really thinking about the situation too much. I just, the amount that I care about Hwasa is zero. So. <laughs> okay. Well, that was a good little conversation. Um, CJ, Ian M will be fined. Uh, KCSC, which is the Korea Communication Standards Commission, is fining CJ, Ian M with a fine for vote manipulation. Uh, (laughs) They stated that this will remain as a stain on the Korean broadcasting history. The broadcasted program fooled and defrauded an enraged public, and they nullified the hard work of innocent contestants. Uh, They went on to state, this cannot be seen as just one or two PDs acting on their own, and the responsibility lies in the broadcasting company for failing to have control over what went on internally. The broadcasting company must take an honest look at itself on why the staff went ahead with such actions, why other staff members look the other way, and whether there is a corporate culture that influences people to stay silent in such matters. CJ A&M took responsibility and will pay the fine because 
doing anything else would just be bad publicity for them. Uh, they said, we take responsibility as the production company. We are currently looking into measures to better ourselves. We apologize for causing such disappointment. We are deeply sorry. We have no excuses and are responsible for this. So they will be making some sort of payment uh, for the fine and, you know, trying to come back from, from this whole scandal. Um, in a way, it's kind of it's kind of like useless because you know that in the background they're making tons of money from the artist that appeared on their program. So it's like, what is even making them want to to follow? You know what the police what law enforcement is saying and doing um because they are you know people are still buying what they're selling even if they admitted that it was done in a fraudulent manner you know seems that people don't really care so <laughs> I mean, how much really is this go this going to matter? Nat, Jimin? Um, well, it's not because X One. Um, I think their song was called like Flash or something. I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it was. It just. It, I think it was like the fastest boy group to reach 100 million views or something like that. Mm -hmm. So they they have, they still have a fan base. Um, and. I think that in terms of what legally could be a form of punishment, this is pretty much all that they could do. <laughs> I, I like, I don't think it was like ever that serious enough for them to see jail time, to be honest. So they did legally, they, I feel like they did do the extent of, you know, what they were capable of doing, you know, the organization that was uh, investigating it. And so uh, CJ, EMM, they, they made the money already, you know, they are continuing to make money. They have like these three huge, huge groups, you know, with 101, uh, IOI and X1 and uh, is one as well too. And so they, I, I honestly don't see them having any sort of long-term effect um, because of this. So they'll just go back to business as usual i think <laughs> after they pay the fine and like wait wait a bit wait the requisite you know time frame i think that would be it because i it was never even serious enough for them to disband is one you know or eyes one so i don't think like they were kind of just like well you know we'll just pay a little bit you know wait a bit and korea the korean public will, won't really care because they'll have something to watch again and then we'll just continue <laughs> you know <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of what just what we're gonna see going forward, unfortunately. Okay, but it's I I'm happy you know that there was even as paltry as the punishment was, I'm happy that there was some, you know, like you have it on the records books, you know that this was not the right thing to do, and even if it's like nothing to them, it's like peanuts to them mm -hmm. <laughs> realistically. 
you know, they, it's still something that can be used against them, you know, and their public image. So there's some, there's that at least. 